All right. This meeting is being recorded. Declined. All right, all right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the 11th episode of the Big Show podcast. That was brought to you by Los Lonely Boys, song called Diamonds, true <laughs> heroes that nobody talks about anymore. Um, we have a great show tonight. We've got Fournier has returned from his illness. Thank God. It took you long enough, man. Let's go. <laughs> it was like 10 days. It was horrible. I did play <laughs> golf this morning, though, which was awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, you're getting back out there, man. That's good. We've got a uh, special guest, Mr. Phil Arroyan, joining us from oh, yeah. Oregon. So welcome, Phil. Welcome. Wow. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Longtime listener. Uh, obviously, <laughs> first time guest. Thrilled to be on. Um, I'm excited to join the Big Show Golf Podcast, it sounds like. So happy to dig in there if you'd like. There you go. <laughs> Tell us more. Tell us more. We're branching out. Well, you know, like I said, I've been out in Oregon. It started with a golf trip uh, to Bandon Dunes, which I mentioned to the crew is like absolutely incredible. So yeah, that sounds I awesome. I've, got, I've got back into golf over the past like 15 months. Like since last fall, as a good friend of mine moved into New York and became kind of like the guy that is like, oh, I got a tea time. Who wants to play this weekend? We all oh, no. need like that person to actually do that. It was never me. And so now I'm like, totally caught the bug again after playing a lot growing up obviously mostly with yeah. you guys uh totally caught it like shot the best round of my life on the nicest course i've ever played so I am, shoot? Uh, that'll do it man. Uh, i shot a straight 78 um wow. on like the 12th ranked course in north america wow that's pretty good yeah, that <laughs> that's good. quite good uh, so that's six over uh it might have been a 71 so i think it okay. was seven over and at this place like it's all golf so like you try to squeeze in 36 if you can the replay rates are 50 percent off so like you kind of go for it and we squeezed in 13 holes on like we had a late tea time in the morning on our first day there we squeezed in 13 holes on another course there i think like the third hole was a par three i hit the pin and oh i basically just thought i was having an out of body like religious <laughs> like played 21 straight holes about as good as I can play. So needless awesome. to say, we all know that uh, that really like feeds the fire in terms of having the bug. When yep. you play well. Yeah. And once you start playing well and then, and then you'll like hit a, hit a bump, but actually quick thing about golf as well. I had a near hole in one the other day. It was actually like three weeks ago. Mm. I, there was a divot in the cup. It was in the cup. There was a divot, but it didn't go in. I was like 20 feet away. It was horrible. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Well, according to some expert, uh, the average distance for a drive yeah. for, is what, 219? 219. The handicaps of like 7 to 15 or some shit like that? You're telling me I drive it 30% further than the average 6 to 12 handicapper? I don't think so. <laughs> 
I think Jimbo uh, just sent that to try and make me feel better. Well, yeah, it's about your distance. <laughs> it is about my distance. It's funny you say that because, so James, I'm still using the same clubs like you and I played with in high school. Me too. And I don't know if you've tried any new clubs ever. Like I went to, we ran an errand here to the mall. So I just went into Dick's and like started messing around with their irons. And I don't know, I was hitting a five iron like, 20 yards further on their simulator than I normally Easily. hit it. Yeah. And I'm mm. like, okay, so now I need to get some clubs. <laughs> I got fitted for clubs maybe yeah. three years ago, just before the pandemic. And it makes a huge difference. Not so much in distance. I mean, it does in distance, but it's like your misses are now 85% instead of 50% of your distance. Yeah. Like it changes that a lot or they're okay. not as wide. I'm going to have to do it. Like I hear the awesome. used clubs is the way to go. It's like a waste to do new unless like you don't mind spending the extra money on it. But like two years old used clubs having not like, I think, uh, I don't think I've ever bought myself a set of golf clubs. I bought like an iron, like wedges and a putter, but like my parents still bought my golf club. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I bought a couple, like a 56. I still have the 52 you and fucking like Caroline got me in high school for a birthday gift, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, I've got my putter that my grandpa used when he got it in like 1984. Uh, and my driver, my driver, putter, how much better could be? Hey, you never know, man. Maybe that's what makes me make some putts sometimes. Um, <laughs> My driver is a orange King Cobra that I've got oh, out of I remember the GA it. store. And I was just like, that's cool. I took a practice swing. Yeah, I'll figure it out. And probably fucked up my swing for the last five years because it doesn't fit me 100%. But that's okay. Uh, I'm making it happen. So, Yeah, I'm ready to like, I'm just going to spring and it's going to be fine. If I have like at this rate, I will have them for 15 years. So who cares? Yep. Well, that was when I got fitted. That was exactly it. It's like, I don't actually need to buy new clubs ever. I just need to get the heads replaced or the grips replaced or whatever. Right. Like it's very, they're very, it's crazy how they've done it now. Um, and it's, it's so much fun getting fitted for clubs. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, for the 50%, well, I guess the big show probably has got like 70% golf rate now, if not a little bit higher than that. So hopefully they enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. Max this is even getting out there. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I know. Listen, yeah. I sent him no point, so. So stay tuned, everybody, for uh, the next podcast coming out. It's the, the Big Show Golf Podcast. Uh, <laughs> date TBD. Uh, well, let's let's get to week thirteen recaps. Uh, yeah. Fournier, kick kick us off here with whoever you are looking at on Sleeper app. All right, I got Drew versus Staz. This one was a spanking. Um, <laughs> it was awful. Uh, Goff twenty six, Josh Allen twenty. Who would have thought of that? Uh, McKinnon, 14. Swift, 22 and a half. Swift with a decent week. Although now he's back on the injury report. So Yeah, which is such a bummer, but we'll see what that's really about. I'm do curious to see. To, um, do you guys want to just kind of brainstorm or workshop team names for DeAndre Swift on Max's team next year? Just pretty much a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> well, he almost traded for him right before the deadline. It was Swift and a million picks. But... For Taylor. Yeah, for Saquon. a once hot, maybe like prone to being overrated running back, Max is your guy. <laughs> he's he's on it as long as he was good in the past. 
he's well, still only 23. Yeah, but like it's his fourth year. I don't know. He's just well, it'll be his fourth year next year. Next year. Um, uh, I don't know. He's just he hasn't ever played a full season. It's hard. It's hard. If he hasn't done it yet, then he's probably never gonna do it, right? Those are the rules. Yep. Those are the rules. <laughs> what All else right. happened in this incredibly uneven matchup? Andy started Ty Johnson, Johnson, who also almost tied Austin Eckler. How the fuck did Andy lose by so many? Uh, Donovan People Jones beat Chris Godwin. What's going oh, on? We'll get there. <laughs> Chase with 16 uh, versus Diggs 22. Oh, then he started JMO, who he's been gawking after all year. And he played eight snaps, and like six of them were on running plays. They also said they were going to use him as a gunner, but they didn't on have special to punt. teams. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is a long game. Like, this is oh, he's a definitely tanking. class in tanking where you talk up people on your team that are injured all season long so you can plug them into your lineup when they get back and you know they're going to play 5% of the game. Or you talk <laughs> up Elijah Moore for the entire season. He gets zero points every week. You still start them. <laughs> Who I might have to start this week. Watch out, guy. Phil. Yeah, when are we get, when are we getting to the decisions you have to make about your lineup this week? Um, we'll, we'll get Michael there. <laughs> He's just praying that Traylon goes goes out so he can put him in his. I need, I need I need someone to be ruled out. Uh, <laughs> Almond Raw had thirty seven. Jesus, that's Huge a big week. difference. Yeah, thirty seven to zero. Um, Schultz five point three to Foster Moreau's four point two. Marvin Jones, two point seven to Devontae Adams, forty-two. Yeah, uh, Christ. And then kickers and defenses. Who really cares? But uh, Mike lost those as well. So Mike literally won two positions by eighty and tied everywhere else. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Amonra is going to be the league winner, right? Like, if Mike wins, he's the league winner. That's the biggest he's... incremental gain towards the gap, the value that he was drafted at or acquired at, right? Yeah, because yeah, he got much. the first round of our draft. Yeah, I would say so. Because everyone else was keepers. Oh, he also got Josh Allen for free. Um, so that didn't help. <laughs> At the time, we were like, we were all expecting Allen to be the one who would be out for a while, and Lamar to be the one to be playing, and it just whoop, flipped other oh, direction. Yeah. It's not even that Josh Allen. It basically saved him from Lamar, not gave him Josh Allen. Yeah. Right. Lamar's been terrible since the first three weeks, basically. He's like QB right. 12 or 13 since then. Yeah, I mean, it's like Justin was... Herbert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Herbie. All right, yeah. James, that brings us to another spanking, for this time of uh, two playoff teams at least. All right, yeah. It's, uh, Chris versus Mike Liss. Chris dropped 202 flat. It's not that often where you don't see, like, the decimal points get involved in a, in a matchup. And Mike finished with 109.02. And Herbert had a decent game, 23. Tannehill, about 15. Uh, Dalvin for Chris had 18. King Henry for Mike, uh, only seven. Lots he's to talk about bad. with him right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's still, like, if you want to go look at his string of games, like seven points, 16 and a half, 28. 10 and a half, 27, 43. Like he's actually not having, he's just had a couple two out of the last three games that weren't that three out of the last four, even I would say like just 
16 and a half. Yeah, 16 and a half is fine. But but if you look in a little bit deeper, he he's bare, his highest yards per carry the last three four games is 3.11. Yeah. So man. it's just I'm be interested to see if Mike decides to play his other running backs. I know. Such as Pacheco, Pacheco Bam Knight. Knight is going to get some real run. The yeah. Jets' offense isn't bad. And, like, I don't know, Etienne's sort of hurt, it seems like. It doesn't seem like he's going to get that workload that he got in that middle of the season after James Robinson was traded. He's another guy who's struggling. He yeah. has a low, low floor. Um, or, like, maybe he doesn't have a super low floor, but he certain, certainly doesn't have a bunch of upside. I mean, he's got less than 10 the last two weeks combined, so. Yeah, but, like, he got hurt after. He played 8% of the snaps the week he got hurt, so he left really early. He still played 88% of the snaps last week. uh, Yeah. Which I was kind of shocked to see because he didn't do anything. But also, that game was (laughs) weird because the Lions just had the ball the whole second half, and the Jags Mm -hmm. just went three and out, three and out, three and out. That's what happens when you have a stud like Jamal Williams. (laughs) <laughs> Jamal Williams. But yeah, what else happened in this matchup? And, you know, Chris's team, again, with his Tyreek Hill trade, is pretty stacked. So he had Miles Sanders with 13. Mike List had 20 from Zeke. So advantage Zeke there. And then Justin Jefferson had a relatively quiet game with only 18, 19 points. Paris Campbell had about half of that. And Tyreek for Chris had 33. Ayuk had 10 for List. I think. Mike's championship run didn't hinge on Brandon Ayuk, but like that was a big part of what made his team scary. Well, Smith Schuster and Ayuk were both doing really well in the middle of the season, and now they're back to suck. Yeah, and I think the I mean this might not be the most uh surprising take, but Ayuk might be the one who suffers the most with the Garoppolo injury. Um, yeah. everyone else will probably continue to get their own. Um yeah. So a couple of things to be concerned about. I do think Juju is probably just going to get more and more involved as he continues to come back. Cause I did, I think he left the game for a little bit last week too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He played 76%. That's pretty much in line with what he's been playing on the season though. Yeah. The games he's healthy though. And he had six and a half and Lockett for Chris had 30. I'm like Tyler Lockett is just another, whatever. He's a Tyler t- Smith, man. This is all Geno Smith. Everybody was down on all these wide receivers and Geno Smith popping is yeah. not because of these receivers. These receivers are popping because he is hyper efficient. They can get open, but he's the one delivering it. So, well, the, I like, agree. He talks two top 10 picks next year, or at least one top five pick, and then another pick that is going to be somewhere in the, in the top 15, 20. They're going to be really good all of a sudden out of nowhere if they can retain him. Yeah. I mean, I, these, uh, these like secondhand quarterback contracts are really interesting. Like, yeah, like Tannehill we'll probably have one of the most interesting uh, contract negotiations that we've seen in a long time. Oh, because yeah. it's not like Russ getting traded, and basically he'll only get traded if a contract is on the table. This is a quarterback that is basically starting from scratch, and there's a veteran and has this huge history of maybe underperformance, but like has played like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL the entire season and has not really shown any decline in any week. So like, yeah, good. I, know. I, would want the Patriots, I would want the Patriots to fucking pay him $25 yeah. million dollars a year. Please. I mean, also get a new offensive coordinator, but that's a, another primarily 
either maybe one that's not a defensive coordinator or or bring on Gino. You said move uh, on to Zappy or bring on Gino. Yeah, Zappy, I just don't understand Zappy. how the Pats are like. Let's bring back Joe Judge to run this offense. He's been so good with the Giants for two. Like, what's going on? What is Bill thinking? I think uh, it's like this uh, classic, like late stage success thing, where I'm sure there's plenty of areas where they're still on like the bleeding edge of NFL football, whether it's scouting, whether it's analytics, whether it's like roster management or all that kind of stuff. And really taking advantage of certain edges. The coaching staff certainly doesn't seem like one, right? Like I think I was throwing in the chat the other day. It's like, how in the world are there like Mike McNa- Mike McDaniels out there and like every single team has these specialists and we have these like numb nuts running the offense and this kid coaching defense. And the defense. <laughs> Bill's like, I'm just gonna brute force it. It will uh, yeah. all work. <laughs> I think he's he's just cementing himself and what's worked for him in the past, and he's trying to buck all the innovation that's come into the league, and he's just continuing to double down. Like I'm gonna, it's gonna be my son who's raising this defense, and it's gonna be Judge and Patricia and all these fucking people that have been there before because he can't replace Ernie Adams. I think I don't know. He's trying to find somebody to replace Ernie Adams in some specialist way, and. I don't know. I think you could tie all the downgrades in our franchise to Ernie's retirement, but. (laughs) Well, I mean, short of, short of having guides out wide that can actually like beat their man and like having a fucking quarterback, the roster's good. You know what I was thinking about? That's been an issue for a while though. Not having a receiver. Yeah. It's like they, they only like slow footed guys. It, or he draft, or he like tries to find a guy who's going to get drafted in the eighth round that doesn't yeah. even exist, and he's like, "We'll take him in the second. Yeah, <laughs> eighth round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, what do you guys? How do you feel about uh, Tom Brady coming back to the pads for one year? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Mac Jones sucks. Yeah, so yeah. I've been on this for so long. He is not good. So if it will have Brady for as long as back and like being a shell of himself just to retire a Patriot, why wouldn't anybody be on board? I would be it's so not, down. There's no downside. It's not like you're giving up anything in replacing Mac Jones. And I honestly, I look at our wide receivers and I'm like, Tom could throw to those guys in this, in a decent, he would be decent offense, yeah. whatever. I mean, they're once, not Chris. Guy would be able to beat zone coverage and he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. We just need an O-line, which Tom doesn't have. So, Yeah. But anyways, uh, Chris did continue his spanking. Uh, Mark Andrews beat Hawkinson nine and a half to seven and a half. And then Tony Pollard outscored ETN by about 18. Uh, I think Pollard is the league winner on Chris's roster. Um, I mean, yeah. What do you think happens with Pollard next year? He's a free agent, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is he going to get a full-time gig somewhere? He must, right? Well, it seems like situationally, it's about as good as it gets for him, right? Like, he is the change of pace back with a 50% split on work in one of the best offenses in the NFL mm-hmm. with one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, like, I don't know. He's either going to go to, like, a bad team and get a ton of volume or yeah. be, like, a timeshare guy in a worse offense. Yeah, I that mean, would be the 
<laughs> Honestly, I don't I wouldn't want him to go to a bad team and get the lion's share of the touches and carries because he has never done it before. He probably can't last. And yeah, I'm sure he will. Running back contracts, right? Like he'll go if you're a backup running back, I don't know what like his contract is like, but he's just gonna go where the guaranteed money is. You have to as a running back. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he will. Well, what's interesting too, the running back market is so rich this year. There's so many good free agents. There's so many good rookies. Like it's going to be weird how this all plays out um, and who ends up where free agency happens before the draft. Right. Or is it the other way around? I'm not sure. No, I, I think it's before. Know. I think it's before, but, but either way, it's going to be interesting to see how, how like, I think the, like Saquon is not getting McCaffrey money. I don't see it happening no. anyway. Um, nobody's going to get serious money. How many people are available? What do you guys think of like when I hear that and it's like all these guys are going to the open market, rookie running backs are supposed to be pretty good. If you look at the entire league and especially the fantasy landscape, running back value has been declining. And like, it seems like that's only going to get worse, right? Well, like, it's going to be a lot of pairs, right? Guys, there's so many timeshares and it's all oh. like, are they in a good situation with the right role for fantasy? And even then, it's pretty volatile. Then you yep. need an injury to really re- realize your ceiling or yeah. some kind of, you know. Yeah, but then if an, an RB gets hurt and then another one that you haven't heard of comes into the picture and they're like, oh, my God, they're good too. And then it's like yeah. the same situation. You're just dealing with a shitty guy you've never heard of before. For sure. Uh, it's like it's like the Niners. They're just yeah. like they're not giving McCaffrey any more of the snaps than when Eli Mitchell was – um, healthy. Yeah. No, just plug Jordan Mason in. Let him run. <laughs> Give it to Jordan from <laughs> you heard with Purd. Anyway. Um, yeah, Chris wrapped it up 202-109. Phil, uh, you want to do Jimbo versus Labar? Just, just a tough week for Labar. So yeah. I know we're going to probably get into some matchups for this week, but Labar, this is a PSA for roster management for you this week. <laughs> Like Tom Brady, I think has scored over 30 once this year. And most of his games are like in the teens and low twenties. Yep. You got to pop for upside, man. How do you not put on a waiver claim on Tyler or whatever his name is? My like boy. You have waiver dollars left. I, 33. Not boring, no, didn't not he just trade for 79? Oh, but yeah, then he but used he's a only, bunch of still it. got 33 left. Not that Huntley is guaranteed to outscore Brady this week, but like he probably has higher upside like his pop week where he needs to outscore james by 80 or whatever is higher yeah. than brady remember when remember when uh list didn't start a quarterback in a playoff matchup and huntley nearly would have won it for him because he got like 42 and he needed like 49 or something like exactly <laughs> we gotta ask him about up. that i <laughs> forget um, about that all the time but with that said like on one hand like LeVar, like step up the roster management to get some upside this week to give yourself a chance. And I could be wrong, but like just philosophically speaking, go for it. But like also kudos to LeVar because this roster is trash. So to be in a position to even like have an outside (laughs) shot at the playoffs this week when you're rolling with like Latavius Murray, Lamar Jackson, Cordero Patterson, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Metcalf and Everett, I think, were the only guys that won a position for you last week and yep. Seattle defense, I guess. But, like, so kudos. Good management to be in the position that you are, and I hope you can close it out this week. Um, well, as it relates, 
he'll be the first one to say he would have a better chance of making the playoffs if he just didn't get lost in the grocery store one Sunday and he didn't get lost. I'm just saying he forgot about his fantasy lineup, but like, yeah. So, I mean, if without that uh, Josh Allen for Lamar trade, is he in? Like, I don't know if he, I don't know if anybody's done a retrospective to see like, would he won one, would have won one of these matchups, but obviously his overall points would be higher where with a win this week, he could get in. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I don't think he would have won any matchups. I don't think any have been that close because I think he's got less than 100, like two of the last three weeks. But he also, what he did was he kind of screwed himself more for next year because he would have kept Josh Allen. And now he's, there's no way you can keep Lamar Jackson. Like, he, it just can't happen. So it's it's tough. He's in a tough spot. Yeah, I'm keeping uh, Algier and Aaron Jones. I certainly hope not. Where's Aaron Jones going to be playing? He may not even be on the Packers. Aaron Jones is really good. I no, I agree. Aaron Jones slander here. I think all three of us love him, especially James. Yes, yeah, I love Aaron Jones. Labar, the only big point differential in a week between um, Allen and Lamar was week 12, and Labar won that matchup. So I don't think it would have made a difference. Okay, but so only on overall points. Yeah. Um, as far as Jim's team and this matchup, I believe Jim guaranteed the win on last week's podcast to say, hey, yeah, he's not winning. Um, if I'm Chris, I'm extremely worried about that, but I would also step up to the plate and accept the challenge. Um, I'd like to say, first of all, Mike List, as much as we would, I would love to have you on here, um, this is a front row podcast now. And- <laughs> Chris, you got to step up to the plate and accept the challenge from Jim. Got to like, knock him out, man. Behavior, man. Like, you got to stand up. Um, if I'm Jim, I feel pretty good about my team going into the playoffs. But if you go through this matchup in particular, a few things would worry me. Swift getting a little bit more work. I know he's on the injury report. The Deshaun Watson changeover at QB will probably take a few weeks. Yeah, he looked Amari Cooper was like, starting to really light it up if i'm um if i'm not mistaken and so start to get a little bit reliant on like josh jacobs aj brown pop weeks big weeks from mahomes to get over the hump but i mean all of those are obviously realistic given how they've performed but yeah it's, josh you know, jacobs is 10 overall that's nuts. yeah he's really good it's i still insane. can't believe going to a, a weekly ranking and seeing him number one like yeah. <laughs> like i wish i could say it was all just in a couple of weeks but it's 25 57 23 24 13 oh, 8, 40 34 39 it's it's crazy so but yeah I, I i do agree with you i think amari you would have expected him to do better with a better quarterback but there's a lot more than in play than just a better quarterback historically coming into that offense in week 13 yep. Yep. Um, and like AJ Brown, solid, no doubt. Um, he's more beast. He's more um, boomer bust. Know, uh, boomer bust than yeah, he is. Has he always been that way. He, he has is like that in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I think he he's more boom this year than he yeah. was with Tennessee. Obviously, because they're they're passing more. Yeah. Um, but that's fine for that's fine for a team like Jim's as one of the contender pretenders like right, you might know, have to put up 185 to win like, you're gonna need that pop week from him to get to where you'd like to go anyways yeah 
I did like seeing 12 targets from Drake London last week. I think that's... Get used to it. (laughs) I know. It's a completely (laughs) different thing than what we've seen all year. Um, He hasn't seen 12 targets since week two. He hasn't even seen double-digit targets since week two. He only had... It was four, one, five, seven, six, three, four, and all the weeks before this yeah, one. <laughs> like, that's just how targets. Jim, how Jim started him out of nowhere is bad. <laughs> well, I think um, he was probably the only guy that can be thrown to on that team right now. No, yeah. that is fair. Oh, I, speaking of the uh, Falcons passing game, how many how many former quarterbacks do we think have more fantasy points? How many former quarterbacks playing tight end do we think have more fantasy points than Kyle Pitts this season? <laughs> How many fantasy quarterbacks? Former quarterbacks playing tight end. <laughs> well, to be fair, Kyle Pitts has been out for a while. <laughs> but let's, I mean, it wouldn't have been much different even if he was healthy. It's been a very bad year for Mr. Oh, yeah. Pitts. Well, uh, thankfully, they may be switching from Mariota this week. Uh, are, you, are you keeping him? Obviously, <laughs> he's like he's like a consensus top twenty keeper. Dynasty guys, you know who else was consensus like top five all year? Najee Harris. He's not that good. <laughs> he's going to be kept too. <laughs> you got to keep him if you have him, all right? Yeah. Sure. Oh, I'm definitely keeping Pets. I'm. I. I don't. I don't care at all about. And Najee, year. like if you have Brent, if you're Brendan, you got to keep. Yeah, that's more a point of. Uh, I would more consider not keeping Najee than not keeping Kyle Pitts. Like Najee's actually looked bad. Kyle Pitts has not looked bad. He just doesn't get chances. He doesn't <laughs> he have a chance to look. <laughs> I wouldn't feel good yeah. about either one of them, but I'm also looking forward to keeping uh, Justin Fields, so I can't say shit. Bar's uh, also super low at tight end, though, versus running back. Like if you get 175 points at tight end, you're in the top three. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if that is that worth like is the keeper value there at top four tight end, right? Like, do you get the strategic advantage at 170 points at the tight end relative to drafting somebody that will get you 135? See, I don't I don't think that Kyle Pitts is really like a hundred and seventy-five point tight end. I think he's more like a 250-300. Most most uh, most years moving forward, <laughs> he's got to get close to it before we crown him like that, though. And I get it. I disagree, but for he's a he's a supreme dynasty asset. He's somebody who I'll be hanging on to for a long, long time. That's great. Three hundred points. What's that? You said he's a three hundred point asset. I think he'll get there. Yeah, next two to three years. I think so. How many how many 300 point seasons in his career do you think Travis Kelsey has had? You know, the best fantasy tight end in the history of fantasy. Not the best. Two or three, maybe. Maybe one, if anything. That's he's my had, guess. He's had two, one of which was 304. There you go. Yeah. yeah look, I'm always hesitant. Does that include this year? Uh, no. So he'll have three then. Uh, yeah, he might get there. We'll see. He might. <laughs> I'm always hesitant to go after people and say they're going to be that good until I see it. But by that point, it's already too late. Um, sure. So, Fournier, who do we got next? You got Max and Tim? Uh, yeah. So, next we've got Max and Tim. Let me see here. A barn burner. 
Tim, everybody mocked me when I said that Tim was going to make the playoffs like three or four weeks ago. We didn't mock Andy, Andy was like, Tim's team stinks. It's terrible. No, Tim's team is good. Tim's team might be the third best team in the league. The third best Actually, team in the league. Might right be now. better than Jim's. Uh, team's good. My team's better than Jim's. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 153 to 114. Uh, Max solidifying his 11th place. Um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts with 40 to Trevor to Trevor Lawrence's 18. Saquon with 21. Not a bad week. He did get a, a touchdown here to Rashad White's 18. What do we make of Rashad White? Yes, man. Well, both those offenses, but Rashad White is good. But like, is he going to be any good if Brady's gone? Because it's right. all well, like, Brady's gone and Fournette's still under contract too next year. Um, oh, they'll cut him. They'll yeah, cut him for sure. I, I think they'll cut him. I, I got to look at the contract details. I don't know if they can cut him or if it makes sense to, but either way, uh, Jonathan Taylor, disappointing season continues. Um, 15 points to Chubbs, 10. Chubbs, Chubbs falling down a little bit though lately, huh? He's becoming, becoming the guy he's always been, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. always going to get the carries, but he's a little touchdown dependent at the end of the day because he could yep. have 22 carries for 111 yards and it's 13 points. Yep. This was a cake matchup, but it was disappointing that he got nine against Houston. Um, Devonta Smith has looked good lately, 23 to Westbrook and Keene. I love when Max makes fun of me for starting people and he starts Nikeen at Westbrook to Keene. Um, and Jarvis Landry. And Jarvis Landry. He's off the roster now, though, James. Come <laughs> um, <laughs> Alec Pierce, 18. He looked decent um, versus T. Higgins, 12. McLaurin. McLaurin has been so good the last five weeks, ever since they went to Heineke. If, yeah. if they don't have Heineke, though, he's screwed. Yep. Um, <laughs> 27 to Jarvis Landry's 3.4. Cole Komet, or as Max likes to call him, Keeper Komet, um, 13.2 to Firemuth's 10.6. Nick Folk, also potential keeper for Max, three to Maher's six. And then Jets D3 versus Steelers D5. Pretty much any week that Max's team doesn't get bailed out by his kicker in defense, it's just a travesty. Um, and this week was no different. Agreed. I would like to go back to the Tim being the third best team in the league. I okay. agree if Michael Pittman is good. I don't know that Pittman's a – he doesn't really need Pittman, though. Like, I'm saying if he's, he's going to be the third best team in the league, I think that Michael Pittman spot needs to produce more than what Michael Pittman is doing. He can play the James Conner there, on, like uh, who's been really – He can? Yeah. I don't know if you just if you take out week six, oh, and week one dead. from Pittman. Yeah, mm. I don't know that he's a keeper next year if he keeps this up. Like if he yeah. has like four or five weeks to end the year with sub ten points, I don't think you could keep him. I still like him as a keeper asset. I mean, he's t- he's had an extremely down year. He's top twenty in PPR for the position. He's still top twenty. That's a fair point. That's a keeper that's, asset for sure. I mean, two games. Kind of guy you'll never get good value for, but yeah. Still a keeper asset. Would you keep him over Devontae Smith? No, I wouldn't at this point. Probably not. He, I think he probably. You're kind of rolling the dice though on that. Like they're they're pretty similar. No, like I think everybody likes Devonta better, but is well just Devonta better quarterback. Really, is Devonta really going to be like a top seven PPR wide receiver? And I no. think Pittman 
kind of sniffed that last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was seven. But here's the thing. They have no plan for QB. At least you have Jalen Hurts. And, like, yeah. if something, so not, were, not- if something were to happen to A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith is now a top seven probably wide yeah. receiver, right? Yeah. Or at right. least top ten. He has, like, a, another layer he can get to that Pittman just I don't think can. Pittman was 17th last year. Oh, 17th. What a keeper yeah, from as high as we thought. Oh. All right. Um, should we move on to the next one? I'll do this one, Phil, because it's got you in it. You played Brendan. This was a big uh, matchup for Brendan. Brendan. Uh, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate a back row member staking their season on beating me and losing. <laughs> uh, like, why make like just don't tank, like push your chips in for a week to ruin my playoff chances only to be denied. Not even not tanking, considering tanking during the Monday night game, we're trading stops. <laughs> <laughs> also, I need to something quickly james gave me a hard time about requesting two first for travis kelsey which a i think is good value and b brendan did not scoff at when i responded with that he said ah oh, well you know i if i get another one would you think about it etc so i believe i was laughed at for requesting that but the very person i was talking to about it that inquired about travis kelsey didn't scoff at it well yeah i mean that's because <laughs> you got a first for him so like now you're gonna just ask for two of course uh, like how else am i supposed to react yeah i mean you asked me uh i don't know if you want to get into this now but you asked me like when is how many trades are too many trades and it's one where you trade back a guy who's the centerpiece of a deal to the same person you traded with like a week after it that's like the barometer of too many trades that's That's too many trades well but how many times has james done that a bunch (laughs) thankfully i was able to move swift for mixon but that didn't really help me out that much because mixon hasn't played in three weeks so god might be the best player in that deal for the rest of the season nah i don't know his target share is insane he he had his 30-point game because he got those touchdowns, but if he doesn't catch a touchdown, he's his ceiling is like 15, his floor is 11, and that's... He does have a high floor. Get. Yeah, because yeah, he's getting those targets. He's getting the eight targets for 40 potential yards, you know? But he's another one, right, who, like, from a keeper perspective, he's in the toilet after the year because Brady's gone. Maybe. I mean... Maybe not. Brady's definitely, Brady's definitely gone. He's got to be gone. Brady's right? gone. No, I agree with That's that. I'm saying we like, already talked about it. Like Chris Godwin is now shit. Yeah, he was good with Jameis Winston, who just hucks it. But like, he can be good with other quarterbacks. I'm not so. saying he's not good, but I'm saying his value is definitely considerably down. I'll agree that it would be worse considerably. That's where I'm drawing the line. Yeah, I like Moderate. I like Godwin. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Brendan, unfortunately, his team didn't do too bad. 135 points. Uh, his $100 man, Dak Prescott, only dropped 19, uh, as opposed to Burroughs, 34. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Phil, dropped about 15. Ramondre's okay. I mean, one of the only three down backs in the league. I know. Yeah. And like, but I kind of was anticipating him doing more after Damian Harris got hurt again. 
but I guess yeah, teams are just going in on him. The red zone offense is terrible, so he doesn't get the actual like touchdown chances that other three down backs get. They have to score touchdowns for that, yeah. right? So like, if you layer on, like he hasn't scored a touchdown in three weeks. He scored one in the past five weeks. If you layer on like normal touchdown share for starting running backs, like he's right up in that top five running back yeah. uh, conversation in terms of like what his actual output would be. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's good. Even when he only gets 10 carries, he has 16 touches and out of potential 18. Yeah, he catches so so, many um, he's a stud. Uh, McCaffrey dropped 30. Unfortunately for Brendan, it looks like McCaffrey's probably going to benefit most from this. You heard with Perd guy, but Brendan's season is over. So, uh, I mean, not officially, but it's pretty much. Oh no, over. it's official. Um, and then Brian Robinson, 15, to Najee Harris is 12. Um, Robinson, I like him. Always been a fan. But see what happens He's with him long term. Um, what? Who? Brian Robinson. Oh, Brian Robinson. I'm not a fan. Yeah. Uh, CD dropped 20. <laughs> CD is, has been really good this year uh, as opposed to – He's been high gear over the last five or six weeks. Yeah, he, he, he's been great. He has fully – like. Fournier's been one of the people to always point this out, even though it's normally during a discussion in which he's trying to trade for him. Uh, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like, you know, Jalen Waddle's done this or that, or I value this person higher than CD. And I think CD's sort of officially arrived as to what I think everybody, his value has always been really high in our league. Yeah. but he's finally like arrived at performing to the value that he has where it's like, okay, his floor is really high. His ceiling is top six, seven wide receiver consistently. Obviously in a good offense and young. Yeah. He could have 300 points this year if he finishes the season strong. Yeah. Which is obviously a really good number for a wide receiver. Yeah. He's wide receiver seven right now. He's 23. He's arguably one of the best wide receiver keepers out there. I don't think he's that far behind someone like Jamar Chase, but. No, he's uh, certainly five. Um, and Dallas is almost like too good to sustain. Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like with these really top wide receivers, it's like the Cowboys offense is not built around CD lamb. No, like it's a balanced offense built around Tony Pollard and Zeke. Or it's like, it's built around balance. It's built around Dak making decisions and getting into the right play and getting it to the right guy and like moving the ball sort of methodically down the field in a way. Whereas like, yeah, Minnesota's offense is built around Justin Jefferson. Miami's offense is built around Tyreek Hill. Oakland's offense, I guess, increasingly Josh, Josh Jacobs, but like Devontae Adams is a huge part of that. Yeah. Uh, the Bills' offense is obviously built around Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So, yeah. Like, I don't know if CD will. Quite... Don't forget Gabe Davis. <laughs> Gabe Davis is fine. He's a fantasy starter, I guess. Yeah. He's all right. <laughs> He kind of runs like he's got wooden legs, but that's all right. <laughs> wooden legs are cool. <laughs> he's on stilts, man. Uh, but yeah, this, I mean, another good young wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, um, dropped 26 to Keelan Allen's 21. I think Garrett Wilson's an interesting character. Um, if he caught that 80 yard bomb last week, is he Phil's best keeper and also a top five keeper overall? No. I mean, he might be Phil's best keeper. I don't think catching that's a factor. He's not Phil's best keeper, nor is he a top five keeper overall. 
if he caught that 80 yard bomb, he would have had 40 something points and he would be, he's wide receiver 19 right now. He'd probably be like top 14 at the position, 22 okay. years old, clear cut leader in that offense with a serviceable quarterback. Um, everybody thinks he's a great route runner. Like you could talk yourself into him if he had caught that bomb, which, you know, whatever didn't actually happen, but the opportunity was there. So I think Garrett Wilson and CD lamb is a pretty good combo. And I wouldn't oh, yeah. be surprised if in a year, Garrett Wilson is right up there with him. If not showing more big play potential than CD. I'm all in on Garrett Wilson could yeah. not be more all in. Uh, and this is not just talking my book uh, living in the New York market. Like you see more jets games, you, or have a little bit more of a pulse on the team, like dude's a total stud. And if the passing offense can be a league average passing offense consistently, or like somewhat league average, like obviously Zach Wilson was like bottom 5% in terms of passing offense. Bottom but if they like but he's like, what I like about him is he's in like the Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson mold where it's like, it's not like overly physically imposing. It's more kind of shiftiness off the line, a lot of feet and being able to create separation that way, which means he's just always fucking open. Yeah. I no, there's no question. Good. I think he's good. And um, we'll see what happens the rest of the year with um, pro bowler Mike White throwing him the ball. And, <laughs> yeah, Phil dropped 151 with Travis Kelsey scoring 7.6 so um to get into the discussion of top the third best team in the league i think you got to talk you got to throw phil's team in there with tim and jimbo regardless of which one you're giving yeah. it to i think that's the that's so i'm fine right? i think there's clearly a top five team like there's a one mike and chris and then there's a jim phil and tim and then there's list and yo james yeah that's cool um but yeah, so a big win for Phil. He cements his playoff position while pretty much eliminating Brendan. And that takes us to my matchup versus Pat. Uh, whichever one of you guys haven't done one, feel free to do it. And let's fly through these last two. Yeah, I'll fly through it. So let me actually go back here. First off, can we use this as a as a brief moment to talk about the Tyree Kill trade? Yeah. We can. All out. Pat. Go to the market, man. Get way more value. I know Cooper Cup is good, but that first round pick is trash. You wouldn't have had to give up picks. Go to the market. James would have given you a fucking haul. I tried. I tried to get, I've been trying to get Tyreek since week four. Uh, <laughs> I, I think at one point I offered him like three first round picks and a few other things. I don't even, I don't even remember. But I mean, I get it. I get it. It's just it's to the wrong team. Yeah. Um, all right. So to fly through this matchup, I actually like Pat rebuilding Olave Cooper cup is actually like, and frankly, like Mooney as a fringe keeper, I'm fine with that. Is it really that much different than somebody keeping Ayuk, which I think has panned out fine for listening? I think quarterback plays the difference there. I don't think fields is going to be a great thrower as opposed to Ayuk with, Garoppolo, who can only throw. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, that's certainly I mean, can't run. I nope. think that's probably his fourth keeper right now, unless I'm missing somebody. Um, I, I don't thought, know. well, is he going to keep Kittle again? I think he's 
I think he's JK planning. Dobbins. I think he's planning on keeping Kittle. Okay, just not enough volume there for him. Um, no, it's not. But James, kind of James, you really like haphazardly planned your way into sitting pretty for the playoffs, where you had a pat matchup. Your lineup is a fucking mess in our matchup this week. <laughs> After all those trades, you better hope I don't dominate Chris this week. It's like you, you having that to be able to get that seventh win and have just like a minor, minor like you're playing with fire, dude, based on your point differential. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, you're up ahead. enough though where it's highly unlikely that you're gonna. Re- but what I will say is, if you do relinquish the point lead to me, I'm definitely gonna beat Chris. Because <laughs> I need Probably. like two twenty. Yeah, <laughs> but he's only but he's only up enough because his team outperformed and Labar's team underperformed. Like yeah. that was about to be like a thirty-five point or forty-point difference, I think, at most. Well, right. If Lamar Jackson just doesn't get hurt, he's maybe twenty points closer, twenty-five even closer. Yeah, I mean the the he's whole forty-five out of his kicker and defense. Yeah, because That's like true. 39 of it came 39 from, my defense, from his man. defense or 37 from his defense. 34. Then so- I dropped the ass, though. They gone. Uh, <laughs> right, but like- we'll get your playoff prospects, and, and unless you want me to do a little team analysis, uh, but I want to be conscious of time. No, let's All keep right. moving. So now we're going to come to the matchup of the week. Fournier versus Karamo. And what a barn burner it was. 94.94 to 91.5. Worst matchup Sorry, of the Kareem, year. Your horse has been killed. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson, gentleman's 11.56. think that was his high on the season. Um, Kirk Cousins had four, 14.22. Damian Pierce actually had 14 this week, but talk about somebody whose value is cratered lately. Damian really Pierce. Um, I just, but that's, that's like the doldrum. Like, they're not yeah. even anymore it's such a lazy take to say he's not good or his values cratered he just played games with kyle allen after playing what nine ten weeks with but with damian pierce with kyle pitts he sucks kyle Kyle Pitts sucks what are we even talking about moving on to the next one how many games over 20 points do you think russell wilson has this year zero no i think he has two yeah, two. it's two. zero. Sucks. <laughs> they were early on though. Um, cut Kenny Walker, third of his name, dead. Fourth player I required them. Honestly, we prefer they just sit him out the whole rest of the year and bring him back next year. Um, he might get Cam replaced. Akers, what's that? He might get replaced. Yeah, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about that. Uh, Cam Cam Akers revival. Twenty one points to slay Kareem. What a day! After Kareem got a first for him, maybe his worst decision of the year. To trade him away for a first. Now he slays him. <laughs> the worst horse. Are you the one that gave him a first? <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was. <laughs> None for you, Rudy. Um, <laughs> Gus Edwards, 1.8. Jalen Waddle, yeah, he got hurt. Missed a lot of the game. 1.9, that was disappointing. Lost to Kendall Hinton's 2.1. Corey Davis, 13.5. Sky Moore, 1.3. God, my team blows. Chris Don't Moore, worry, you'll score 200, though. Oh, it's probably going to happen. Chris, well, you know what's crazy? We didn't talk about this last week, but if I had started AJ Dillon instead of Cam Akers last week, I would have beat List, and yeah. I would be in the playoffs instead of List right now. <laughs> Cam Akers over AJ Dillon? 
Well, yeah, because A.J. Dillon was terrible until two weeks ago. Yeah, A.J. Dillon's <laughs> been bad all year long. Yeah, thanks for um, the first and other thirds for him. Talk about a bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I already traded him, so I've moved on, and I got Kenny third of his name. Uh, if Evan Ingram, 14 over D- Dawson Knox is zero. Randall Cobb with a gentleman's point six off of over four targets. I think he got a punt return. Um, to James Cook, 17.9. But Keeper. honestly, I, was watch- I wasn't watching the game, but I was following it, and I was screwed. And I thought all I needed was Brady to score one touchdown. It turns out I needed him to score two. Of course, mm-hmm. the last four minutes, he scores two touchdowns in Slice Curry. There you go. <laughs> So, James Cook, is he a keeper? No. Not unless they, like, are – no, I don't see any way in which he's a keeper. Oh, I think it's – I think people are getting more creative with keepers. Yeah. Um, and, like, some – like, for example, like, I don't even think Rashad Penny was a bad keeper. Like, sure, injury, but, like, risk-adjusted, not that bad. Um, and I don't think James Cook is that – much different than that like it's relative to alternatives like I, you'll always hear me like say well yeah he might have to give up a pick to, but he's got a lot of picks is the thing so right it's so not like you could probably that. trade a second or a third for like right. a top 20 top 30 keeper yeah because keepers are about to take a dive as soon as the season ends yeah the so, the, the yeah. marginal ones the, the really high-end ones get more expensive but yeah or are always expensive whatever you want to call it but there's yeah. going to be people who are going to be selling really good keepers, top 50 player assets. Like if you look at Staz's team, if you look at, I don't know about Chris's team, but maybe Chris's team. Um, who else has some really good keepers? James's team has keeper options. I don't know if, I don't know if Chris is going to have that many good keepers. Like I Tyler Lockett's not so. a keeper. I think Dalvin is going to like declining value. Nobody's going to want Dalvin. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. So it's like, Who's his, like, Tony Pollard, depending on his situation? Who's his other running back? Miles uh, Sanders. Miles Sanders. No, Nobody's going to trade for him. No, no he's not. He has, well, he has less keepers than you think. He does. No, I, I agree. Chris maybe doesn't have the same assets he has last year, but Staz has some people. Yep. But, again, you have also have some people who are going to lose value, the Godwins of the world. Where's Swift's value? Does he want to keep Swift? Does he not? Yep. You know, It's like his eighth Evo. best keeper. Josh Allen. Allen, well, like, Eckler, Diggs, Amon, Amon Ra, Devontae. He's got some guys he can trade. Then Swift. Yeah. yeah, so Swift is probably somebody he trades, probably to Max, probably for a first. Maybe does a Max have a first? He what? does. He has Jimbo's. But I don't think he'll trade uh, that for Swift. Because Max just doesn't do trades unless, like, it's, like, absurd. True. Uh, let's get into the fun stuff here. Let's talk about uh, our Spotify wrapped session oh, yeah. here. Oh, um, yeah. So how do I see my most – how do I go back to it? Um, it's a page on Spotify. Yeah. There's a oh, page. Uh, it's not really there anymore, is it? I don't know. I don't know how to get back to it. I searched for it. So I went to search. And oh, I t- no, you know what? If you hit search, it's right there. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. So I'll, I got some screenshots up, so I'll just lead the way on this one. Um, I explored 84 different genres. Okay, I, okay. 
That's actually down from last year. I think he had like 93 last year. I don't know wow. what genres these are. I don't know how there could be so many. <laughs> they're micro, they're 79 for me. Yeah. And uh, my top genres, this one is hilarious. Stomp and holler. Uh, what in the fuck is stomp and holler? I had to Google it. And <laughs> turns out people were asking that question back in 2017. So I found a little thing on Reddit about um, what stomp and holler is. It's essentially bands like the Lumineers. And um, I don't listen to the Lumineers that that often, but I listen to apparently music that is similar to that, and I love it. So whatever. Uh, Number two is rock. Number three is jam band. Number four is indie rock, and then number five is pop. So that's interesting. Um, I listened. My friends with kids, like, how much do your kids and the music you play with your kids factor into your rap? that's my wife's spotify account all of her top musicians or whatnot were from encanto or um this playlist have his account sullied like that phil well so for real like like, so yours is great like yours is clean yeah hers is all encanto this celestial conscience playlist that we play at night to help the girls what kind of music at what genre is that baby 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 sleep genre <laughs> baby steel um <laughs> uh, and what was the other one there's an oh uh the singing walrus which is like uh they make fun little songs there some of them are actually pretty good not gonna lie um we were at we were at jimbo's house uh, a couple months ago and we brought the girls for some dinner and stuff and we were out in the back and we played singing walrus because mariana was getting a little cranky and she asked for it and i was like watch out you guys are gonna like some of these some of these songs and like all of a sudden jimbo's at the grill and he's jamming he's like this sounds good i'm like yeah i think i told you man like there's some good ones but yeah for um my number one album and number one musician number one musician and songs were all from mount joy mount joy's new album um I think Mount Joy is an amazing band. I loved their first album back in like 2017. I thought their second album in 2019 was shit and I didn't really listen to it. And then I, it was love at first sight with this album. I couldn't stop listening to it. So uh, that did skew some of my um, ratings, which is probably why Stomp and Holler came up there as the number one thing. Cause like it's really my top songs. One, two, four, and five are all from their new album. Wow. So you're just firing through it. Yeah. And top artists were Mount Joy, Goose, Post Malone, Modest Mouse, and Fish. So, what do you guys got? Um, so I had interestingly, it surprised me. I'm, I kind of haven't gone through all of it yet, so we're gonna we're gonna find out some stuff together. Nice. Um, but my number one genre was pop, which is surprising because I don't feel like I listen to that much pop but I listened to a playlist that is, I think really pop related. Um, and that like, it's kind of like a more upbeat pop playlist, but it's pop rock country, indie folk, pop rap. Those were my five. Okay. Uh, and then uh, let's see here. Listening time, 32,000 minutes. I don't know if that's a lot or not. Um, nah, bitch, I have 54. There you go. So no, I played 2,700 songs. Uh, my year can't be contained into a playlist. Huh? Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) interesting. Uh, my one, my number one artist of the year was James Taylor. There you go. Uh, 
which awesome. that's more of the music that I feel like I typically listen to. So I was surprised to see that pop was my. What a refined, what a refined <laughs> taste. Are you drinking whiskey right now too? Of course I'm drinking whiskey. There you go. And I'm going to put some James Taylor on. There you go, uh, man. My top artists were James Taylor, John Mayer, The Beebs, Marshmallow, and Billy Currington. Um, awesome country. Yeah, oh yeah. I go. love country. Uh, we actually saw Billy Currington in concert maybe three months ago, two months ago in August. It was fantastic. Um, fun. Yeah, it was great. Let's see. Going through the rest. Uh, there's nothing else really important, it would seem. So, Phil, you're up. <laughs> um, all right. So how many songs did you guys say you listened to? 2,700 for me. Uh, 3,300. Oh, OK. I thought that was 1,000. I played... 2000 songs it's okay. like 50 or like 33,000 like that really not listening to the same songs over and over how many uh, minutes would you have it would be like year, like a year the rap would just be like you don't sleep the tale of the tale of my uh year year wrapped or whatever it's called year in review what's it called spotify rap spotify rap First of all, shout to Spotify. Like this is a terrific like marketing and service oh, yeah. for them. Cool thing know out if there. You guys feel the same. Like I in, do. In text threads I've got at home, like this is something that always bubbles up, right? Like it's like, oh, Spotify wrapped is out. What's the deal? You've got your giving somebody a hard time as they're analyzing theirs. They're like, oh, I listen to that at work all day, so that's why that's there. Yeah. Um, so that kind of thing. Um, this will be known as the year that I officially got into the Beatles, which is crazy. Okay. Um, a friend of mine gives me a hard time where I think maybe like 10 years ago, we were meeting for the first time. I called the Beatles overrated as like kind of a stones and grateful dead guy. He's held it over my head for like a decade. And this is the that year. That does I seem a little ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, like, it's kind of like their pop band, most popular band in the world, like whatever, whatever. And this year. Perfect. <laughs> dove deep into the Beatles. They were number one for me. All right. Uh, was that influenced was, by the Disney special? Did you watch that? I, it was a little bit. Um, it blows my mind. Like I was watching clips of it the other day. There's a few things on it. Like Paul McCartney composing Get Back in real time is fucking nuts. Uh, the, you gotta watch it. So there's just like, they're in the, the studio itself is just kind of like this kind of social environment it's not like what you'd expect a studio like soundboards glass like people behind it it's like an open air kind of warehouse where they're just like hanging out making music and like Paul McCartney just like comes in he's like oh yeah you know I just had breakfast like oh George thanks for showing up on time today and he's just messing around on the bass and like comes up with get back <laughs> and then like, the rest of the band kind of like pops in and starts riffing and then there's another scene where just like literally in the background He's like playing the piano to what becomes Let It Be. And you're like, while somebody is like having a side conversation about what they're getting for lunch and like John Lennon and Yoko are talking about whatever and somebody else is smoking a cigarette, this dude is coming up with like the most famous song of all time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I got to watch this. I gotta watch it. It's like, I didn't watch the whole thing because it's super long and it's like a little slow because it's very like intimate and kind of just raw footage. Yeah. And it's like remastered than it is edited okay but it's nuts you're just like this is how this song 
started like it's nuts um anyways the rest of my the rest of mine is pretty typical normally the dead are number one for me because they're kind of like my everyday music um dead and company and the dead were i think two and three so if you combine those that's number one number one <laughs> uh, dr dog which is one of my wife's favorite bands made the top five this year um pretty I've good increased, yeah i've increasingly got into them i don't know because she's into them i listen to them a lot when she's out of town kind of thing yeah. uh, and then the stones were five so like i'm firmly in dad just oh, like dude <laughs> classic like to its core rock and roll yeah. um all under that is like kind of like some indie rock some hip-hop but it's not cracking the top five in terms of bands did you know uh I, a few weeks ago we played that crew angbin and uh what's his name leon bridges song and like so in the past year and a half i've really got into that band and like their style of like texas and middle eastern blend yeah. and whatnot and their sounds are just so fucking cool so like i think there's two things i love the most about spotify it's the rap thing and like the community it builds around that whole aspect of like your year in review and all the people who talk about it. like we're talking about it now like you were saying but also like how convenient it is to be exposed to music that you would have never otherwise yeah. knew existed yeah. um like honestly that's the reason that i use spotify still because there's so many different services out there but i found that the playlists and the different like uh music that kind of, like you can just create a playlist off of any artist that you like and it brings in all these other artists that you maybe didn't even know existed but you actually turned out really enjoy that yeah was parts of it yeah and i think like the biggest comparison in the last 15 years is pandora right and right. like for those who like pandora like pandora because they select a playlist and they know what they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and they don't like the Spotify algorithm because they think, all right, well, this worked for Pandora and I'm not getting what I am expecting. This is uncomfortable. I, I don't want something new. I want something familiar. Um, so like they both have their own, they serve their own purposes, but yeah. I just think Spotify is just. I am totally somebody who listens to like the same songs though. Like over, like I'll listen, Zoila, she'll tell you like, I listen to the same 20 songs for three weeks in a row. And then I move on and I'm listening to a different 20 songs for three yeah. weeks. On. I am a little bummed and, and happy to hear James that your top songs are all from the same album. Like I definitely think like the whole concept of an album is, has declined a little bit. So I'm always like thrilled I don't have a record player, but either friends or, you know, my sister's got my dad's record player and all his old records. Yeah. It's always nice to put on a record because you're like, oh shit, like this band released this and this was side one, this was side two. It was well thought out. It was cohesive. And that's how I've experienced the Beatles this year. It wasn't like, oh, let mm. me like check out their songs because I know right. a lot of their songs. Yeah. It was much more sort of album and era based which like you kind of lose you definitely lose with pandora i think spotify and some of the good things it does uh in like what you guys were just talking about like oh this playlist like these similar artists that you may not have heard of it does take that stuff away for sure yeah but to your point i think also like somebody who like more so now than ever who puts together an album that you want to listen to a full album's worth of it they're clearly just really good at what they do 
Like yeah. it separates the elite, if you want to call it that, artists from just people who can make a good song or two or three. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think um, I always refer to like the perfect album, right? It's in my mind described as like you like every song or it yeah. takes you some time, but within maybe like three to six months, you fall in love with every song at one point in time. And the first album and the third album from Mount Joy, that's how I feel about it. And mm-hmm. um, that's why I think their second album didn't hit me as hard when I first started listening to it. And I was like, wow, this is shit. I'm never listening to it. And I've just like completely ignored it. And then, like, <laughs> I hear a song here and there randomly off of other like stations that I try to listen to on Spotify. I'm like, Oh, I like this song. It sounds like Mount joy. I'm like, Oh, it's from their shitty album. Yeah. You'll definitely revisit it as a whole and like it. I feel like that's how this stuff goes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty funny. Now. My, my wife and her sister really love Lizzo. And I never really listened to a lot of Lizzo music, but we went to her, her concert like two weeks ago in LA and the place was absolutely bananas. The atmosphere, the people there, they fucking love her. And she was so fucking good. And you also yeah. start to listen to her and like, she's somebody who you listen to her albums. And I'm like, Oh shit. I've heard almost all of these songs, even though I didn't even necessarily know she's actually really fucking good, but it was cool to yeah. see somebody who it just like, that the way that people get into that particular artist, it was, it was really, it was like special being there. Really. Yeah. Crazy. It's like the, uh, the Katy Perry corollary that yeah. like, I actually don't know any Katy Perry songs until you play a hundred Katy Perry songs. <laughs> and you know them all. And <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so good. No, that's exactly what it was like. That's exactly what it was like. I feel like we could talk about music all fucking night and I would very much enjoy it. Um, yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's do what we're paid for, boys. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go to week fourteen. The direct and... deposit hasn't hit my account yet this week. Yeah, dude. I well, I think like I don't know if you guys hired a bush a booking agent or like a producer. <laughs> they hit me up saying like Yoshida money for tonight. <laughs> we we gotta we gotta talk to payroll from this episode. <laughs> yeah we, we gotta talk to payroll get some shit figured out and uh maybe see if we can hire someone to do social media so this thing can really take off yeah, um but let's, let's do playoff predictions and then wrap this up because i gotta eat dinner yeah dinner <laughs> sounds good man you should enjoy that um playoff predictions i mean what we've got the first yeah, six you do, yours. you do no we got all seven locked up let's let's go with what we know let's assume right. you're gonna make it okay you pick your championship matchup and your champion. Yeah, I'm going to beat Mike in the finals. What's up? <laughs> James over stats. You heard it here first. What's up? On the big show pod. Yep. Calling it. Number right. four. Coming home. Wow. Am I up? You you like I I don't know if I'm ready to like make a prediction more than an analysis. Like the one prediction I will make is that like I think kind of two things. One, I'm just the prediction is that the back row will not show up. Like <laughs> there, there is not a history of the back row showing up in the playoffs to my knowledge. But I will also say that if they do, we will welcome them with open arms. One thing that's nice about the front row is that we are very welcoming once you're here. Uh, it's an illustrious elite group. Um, that there's a little like side business going on that maybe the back row doesn't know about. Um, and we will gladly welcome we'll keep it like that. Um, I won't say much more than that. Uh, yeah. As it relates to the playoffs, like 
I don't know, Chris and Staz's team feel like a little bit head and shoulders above everybody else. But what I will say is they're like Tim's team has had some pop weeks. So anything can happen there. Jim's yeah. team has had some pop weeks. We talked, it sounds like we're a little down on, on lists team, but he certainly had them as well. Cause Derek Henry can go off at any sure. given moment. Um, I'll also say that like, I'm a few behind in third uh, or I'm a few behind from being in third place for points. And I took like three or four weeks off of getting like low one hundreds. Yeah. Uh, so careful in ruling me out or counting me out in having a few pop weeks and taking it down or at least getting to the finals. So I think it's a little bit more open because I think everybody has the upside to hit 165, 175. I think yep. Staz and Chris are averaging like 166 or 167 a week this year. 46. Maybe that's a little bit higher after this past week. Uh, 165. Yeah, yeah. So everybody, every playoff team has the ability to crack that number. Um, there's obviously those guys have the higher floor and the higher ceiling, but like there's this middle road of like 145 to 175 that any team can hit and any team can like be at the low end of. So I think it's kind of any person's playoffs. Great job dodging the question. Um, <laughs> he said from the beginning he didn't use more of an analysis. Right so now, for but... me, try to give you the stone cold analysis versus half baked predictions. Yeah, no, I, I have, I like have no faith in any of my feelings for the playoffs right now. So that's why I say, yeah, I'm going to win. What's up? James is definitely not going to win, but Staz <laughs> is in the playoffs. Staz is going to make the championship. So Staz is one half of the puzzle. Staz is in the, the playoffs. Is, <laughs> the other half, <laughs> the other half of the puzzle is because he's going to get the bye, and then he's going to be able to choose his opponent the next week. So I, I think that he's going to advance through, kind of regardless. The other side of it is who's going to end up beating him because he's definitely not going to win. Because as we know, no one's jumped from the back to the front row since 2014 when yours truly podcast co-host James Rosita did it. Hey. So it's not something that happens a lot. Marie, since 2014? We're yeah. nine years out. This is the ninth. This will be the ninth year. Yep. So it's going to be Tim. Second championship. Over like staff, it. That book it. I'm like riding Tim all the way to the title. I like it. That's no, a sexy pick. It's a sexy pick. I mean, we say I'm in the playoffs, but let's let's be real. My team has the potential to drop 85 points. And yeah, I'm gonna drop you this week. So I'm just looking for Labar. Right. Like you're gonna slaughter. I wanted to talk about the curse a little bit. I don't think there quite is a curse. But you knock I mean, me out, man. My demons a little bit. I don't know if I put a curse on you, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna take it down this week. Unless Christian, wait, you're all your pop players are out. Christian Watson can tell me, but he's he's off this week. I might not be able to feel the full uh, full roster because I mean, Mixon and Tua are gonna play. That's fine. Uh, Elijah, stop. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Uh, like if Jacoby Myers doesn't play on Monday night because he's obviously in the concussion protocol and they're just not That's saying it, um, I'm gonna, ha I don't know because, um, the yeah, only the options on my bench to choose from are Burks and Elijah Moore and Burks is 100% not playing. Dude, your floor is one. Your like get in number is like one Oh five. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And if you mess it's around like- and not playing guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, I have to run. I'm so sorry to cut it a little short. It's, it's been all good. Phil, enjoy Oregon. Enjoy Portland. Yeah, thank you. Good to see James, you guys. The weather sounds amazing there. I'm very jealous, even though I live in a place that's supposed to have nice weather. Yeah. Florida's great in that sense, not so much in others. But go Tim. Go, go Tim. Tim. All right, boys. It was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> have a good night. Bye.